Welcome in brand new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Genesis Invitational. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Joe Idoni. If you thought last week's field was good, we will inject Joe, Will Zalatoris, and Tiger Woods into the mix. Back-to-back elevated events. Uh, you can't beat it. We're at Riviera, probably the most fun, unique, toughest test that we have annually on the PGA Tour. And you mentioned we get Tiger Woods back and Will Zalatoris. He's all right, too, right? Uh, but it should be a fun week. Looking forward to it. You're out there in L.A. You were mm-hmm. at the course all day. I'm interested to hear some stuff for you and, and talk to our friends who are who are deep in the market tonight. Yeah, that market that Joe's referring to is the jock market. It's stock market DFS. You can uh, buy, sell, short shares of golfers. The moment of the market that we're in right now, it's IPO. So until about 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight, you can bid on those shares. If you're one of the high bidders, those shares are allocated to you. And Joe, uh, I'm sure you messed around with it for the Super Bowl, but the the big announcement that has been uh, brewing over at Jog Market is they're now now in the Pick'em world. So you you can now put in Pick'em entries as well. Yep, the Pick'em entries as well. If you have, if you don't see it, uh, update your app, and you will see right along the bottom tab. You will have one side that is the market, the other side is the Pick'em. They have sports up now. Hopefully, Rick, golf is on there soon. Maybe by Masters time, we're told that it's in the works. But um, just another fun, enjoyable way to uh, build up that portfolio and jock market account. Certainly, indeed. Uh, Before we jump into this week, let's just give some cold, hard examples here. So this is last week. This data, uh, it's on my website, rickrungood.com. It's under free tools, under jock market. You can go check this out. It's got every cash market ever. This is last week's. And Scotty Scheffler gets it done, repeats Joe to win the WM Phoenix Open. He sold last Wednesday at $9.41 a share, got the full $25 payout now. Here is kind of the beauty of the jock market. Nick Taylor finished second. So because he IPO'd at $3.07 and got the $20 per share payout, he actually made more per share than Scotty Scheffler did. A lot more per share, right? Uh, almost $17 more per share. And the ROI was outrageous because you could have got him in the IPO for $3.07. Uh, 50, 551% ROI. It's rare we see guys eclipse that 500% mark. Uh, but good on Nick Taylor last week. Of course, Rom, um, you know, lost your money in, in every other market that you virtually played him, except for the jock market. Again, uh, went from 1141 all the way up to $18 per share. You can see kind of how the rest of the board works out. But we talk about it week in, week out, Rick, where uh, there's a break-even point for every player, depending upon that IPO finishing price. And all they have to do is clear that, and incrementally they will move up all the way to that $25 payout, which is issued to first place. That's right. I've got the code running down there at the bottom. It's power. There's a link in the description. You get your deposit bonus, get rocking and rolling into this game. And we'll kind of talk through the live, uh, the live numbers. We'll pick out a handful of golfers to talk about in just a second. But last week was massive, Joe. It felt massive. It felt like a major championship. We're running it basically right back again this week you talk about riviera this is i mean tpc scottsdale is underrated and played a little bit more difficult because of the wind riv is like a a very pure true test of golf 
Yeah, this is the biggest test that we've seen in a long time on the PGA Tour, possibly since the end of last major season. Um, And it's not by accident, right? The, since Tiger Woods stepped in and took this thing over, um, they have ramped up the difficulty and conditions that this course plays annually. Uh, and he does it to provide a proper test and a sense of preparation for what's to come in major season. It's Unique because I think the farmers is tough, right? But this is just tough in a different way. Like I was kind of thinking about this and, you know, the farmers asks you to oftentimes do the same thing over and over again. It's like you're stepping into like a pitching machine and and like one of those and it's just throwing you fastballs 95 every time. And it's hard, but it's the same thing. Riv is different in which it's going to throw curveballs, sliders, change up fastballs, and you never quite know what's coming. So it's a more complete test, I believe, from T to green of a golfer in a different way than just hitting it long and straight every time. And it's and it's usually the most difficult to hit fairways. It's one of the most difficult in terms of scoring that we see every year outside of the four major championships. Yeah, and I was I was out there this morning, and I'll uh, the caveat is it was brutal this morning. It was it was very cold. It was thirty mile an hour winds. Nobody was in a good mood. It got a lot better in the afternoon. I wasn't out there for that, but um, yeah, you 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 have to hit every shot, right? You you've got to be able to work the ball in every direction. You have to have a really good short game. The bunkers are very very deep, so if you're getting into uh, some of these greenside bunkers, you're kind of just trying to get up and down for par, obviously, but that, that can tend to be difficult. And then the thing that I saw um, really messing with these guys is these are Poana greens, but they are fast, Joe. I think they're like a 12 and a half. There was a stimp out there. I think we were, I think we ran it at like 12 and a half. And it, it, it's just like, that's very different than a lot of other West coast Poana that you see um, kind of on this, on this California swing. Absolutely. Speed is a major factor uh, always at Riviera. I think you mentioned some of the depth of the greenside bunkers. The the fairway bunkers are deep as well and sometimes require just like a pitch out in back into the fairway in order to get near the green. You can't leave yourself short sided out here um, or getting up and down on these super oil slick greens are near impossible if you don't have enough green to work with coming out of the rough or the bunker. Um, there's zero water. Everything's for the most part, right out there in front of you, there's a little bit of elevation change. It doesn't appear to the eye to be that hard, but like you said, every aspect of your game is going to be tested and the best player uh, typically wins. Yeah. If you are in the fairway bunker on 15, it's like a one shot penalty. You, you just cannot absolutely cannot be in there. Let's play uh bullish or bearish. This is a game where we, pick out four different golfers and we describe whether we are bullish or bearish and why I can't wait any longer, Joe, let's just do it. We'll start with tiger woods. Uh, he is, yeah, we're just going to jump right into this. So he's back in the field this week. He is the, let's see, what is his pre-rank 30 something 38th on the pre-rank. Um, we have not seen him play a non-major regular PGA tour event in over 800 days. Last time we saw him play in really any sanctioned event was the open championship. It's been a couple of matches since then, I think, but (laughs) are you bullish or bearish on tiger woods? This is painful just because I'm so excited. 
you have to be bearish at 437 or whatever it is. It's asking him to finish 36 or better to break even. That's the projected price that they give him. I don't think he gets to that mark. That said, I think we have a friend who who's checking out the betting ticket numbers over at William Hill or one of the sports book, and he's the most bet golfer of the week in terms of number yeah. of tickets, which is unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be people that want to play Tiger. Now, look. If you look for his make the cut odds, he's substantially heavy plus money, like anywhere from plus 150 to plus 200 just to make the cut. Um, I think a more realistic number, if you look at 55th place, is $2.66 per share. Um, if you think he's going to make the cut, that's the number. Okay, so what is it, 265? Is that the number you said? 260, two, I'm sorry, 55th is 275 per share. 275. Okay, so this is what's fascinating about the jock market is that there is really a price for everybody. I, I'm quite bearish on Tiger. I think that there's no reason to play him in, in most fantasy formats, except that this is really the only fantasy format that you could even consider him in if you get him at the right price. So that's interesting. So you're saying that uh, 270-ish, that is, that's the number. If he's, if he's more expensive than that, you're kind of bearish. If you can get him for something closer, you're, you could be a little bullish on him just making the cut. Yeah, and we have to remember too, 275 uh, in jock market is really 175, right? That's your risk that you're putting into this because Tiger could finish dead last and you're still going to get back a dollar per share. So what I think when you are when you realize that you have to lay out a dollar 75 to get some shares of Tiger Woods and if he maybe finishes 45th this week, uh, you'll make a dollar per share. It makes a little bit more sense to me, but at, at the mid $4 mark, uh, I'm going to have to be bearish. All right, let's uh, really crank this up and find somebody who's playing much better, and we'll go to Rory McIlroy. He is the second pre-ranked golfer, Joe, over his last 10 starts. He's returned an average of 40% ROI, though he is coming off of a disappointing finish at the WM Phoenix Open. Are you bullish or bearish on Rory McIlroy? Much more bullish this week than I was last week. I think – I talked about the risk of potentially even shorting Rory last week. Not a good course for him. He mentioned that it's not a good course for him, and which is why he doesn't typically play it. And it, they kind of forced his hand because he skipped century and he sort of had to show up. Um, this one, he was never going to miss. I had in my notes, I think going back to the Adam Scott year that Rory was leading and made a triple on like the fifth hole and all of a sudden sort of ejected out. But I think that sort of overshadows some of his his better course history than maybe the numbers would indicate. I think it's a well set up golf course for him. I think that he loves the test. I think that he had, you know, sort of a, a, a weekend off of really sweating out stressful contention and he's, he's going to be ready to go. I like him bullish. Yeah. It's hard to really glean much from like Wednesday morning pro-am stuff, but uh, I thought he looked solid this morning. I walked a couple holes with him. He looked in good spirits. He looked solid. This, this, golf course i think should reward his biggest weapon more which is his driver uh, tpc scottsdale doesn't i don't think it sets up well for the eye i don't think it sets up well for the way he wants to drive the ball and he lost three strokes with the putter he's been a very good putter probably unlikely that he does that again this week so i'm with you bullish on rory the pre-rank important that's how we break ties here in jock market so that means with a second pre-rank Roy McElroy only loses to John Rahm in terms of ties. So if uh, yep. any if Rory is tied with anybody else in this field for any position, he is going to get the full share. 
Uh, next up, a guy with probably a lot more question marks, and that is Will Zalatoris, Joe. He is coming off a miscut at Torrey Pines. That's the last time that we saw him, and obviously he hasn't made many starts here in 2023. Are you bullish or bearish on Will Zalatoris? I think I'm bearish. Um, I'm. We, we got some late breaking news in the group text that like we actually have some eyes on Will Zalatoris because he wasn't in the pro am. Nobody had really seen him this week. It was strange. I thought that he did not play uh, in Phoenix. I don't know why. It made me think maybe there was an injury there. Maybe he re-injured something. Maybe he was you know on a on a rehab schedule that was a little different. I don't know, man. Minus uh eleven point two. ROI in his last 10 starts. He's lost seven of the last 10. It hasn't been great. You're seeing some missed cuts in there. You're not really seeing the traditional spikes that we see out of Will Zalatoris. But the flip side, you ramp up the difficulty, major championship type conditions. This guy just shows up and thrives in that environment. Yes, he does. Um, I'll probably take a, a slightly bearish approach. The the narrative and the stats kind of line up on this. We know he had uh, the back injury and then he has not really struck the ball nearly as well in the full swing since then, since coming back in 2023, he had described the way that he has to kind of make some adjustments to his swing Joe with kind of the way his hips are angled. And I just think, I just think that stuff takes time, right? So when you are now being tossed into uh, by far the most difficult and deepest field that he's played in this year. I just think I'll take a bearish approach and be happy to wait and see on Will. Okay. Finally, uh, one more to go. And this guy is uh, gaining steam this week. He gained steam every single round last week, got better each and every day. It's Justin Thomas. Bullish or bearish on JT? Ooh, this is a tough one for me. Um, Obviously, the best approach guy in the field last week on Sunday. It was he's he makes those charges, man, which still makes me feel like maybe the way to go about Justin Thomas, which you can do in the jock market versus DFS or outright betting. Um, you can wait, right? You can wait until Saturday's over. He's done it. He did it at the PGA. He did it at the players. He almost damn near did it last week, where the guy goes off on Sundays when he's able to put his foot on the gas. I still think I'm bearish just because I see the amount of people that are back on him after one really good round and three pretty solid rounds. I just think that everyone's ready to bet him this week. Everyone's ready to go all in. So I'll be a little bit more cautious. Maybe play the wait and see game. and Maybe has a mediocre uh, Thursday. We can catch a good price. It's fair. It's honestly fair. I'm probably more bullish on him than you are, but I I don't know if I've seen a, a jock market profile like this before. So this is the last twenty, the last twenty markets. He has ten wow. wins, ten losses, and a zero point zero percent ROI. He is averaging one penny of profit over his last twenty. So you've made if you had, if you have bought an IPO and held. For the last 20 markets on Justin Thomas, you've made 20 cents in total. Yep. 20 One cents share. per share. Unbelievable. Per share. Uh, that's pretty wild, but I do get it, right? I mean, th- this is what we've been monitoring for six months. This the second column here, the approach play. And he is starting to show signs of being Justin Thomas again. That That's what's exciting about this. He's got probably the most underrated uh, short game in the world. And I, okay. I get it, but um, 
yeah, this is like if he goes off at like ten dollars and fifty cents, I I could probably I could probably take a pass on that. Yeah, I think he's going to be popular. I don't know if he quite eclipses ten dollars, but he'll be fourth, I think, on the board. Okay, so here's where we're at. It is. 8.31, excuse me, p.m. Eastern time. And that means we've got about 30 minutes or so until this IPO closes. Getting very mature right now. I'll show you the, the ranks in just a second. Um, the code you're looking for to get involved is POWER. You can go get your deposit bonus. You can join Stock Market DFS. And you can get your Pick'em plays in as well. Um, here's the big board, Joe. And I think we said the same exact thing last week. And it's shaping up that way again to have a big two. John Rahm, $9.50 per share. Rory McElroy, $9.25. Nobody else above $7.75. Yeah, I do think Scotty eventually is going to make a run here. Uh, I believe that Rahm and Rory are both going to be uh, $11 ish tonight. They're going to be close. I don't know who ends up taking it last week. I thought Rom was the much better play this week. I kind of think Rory's a little bit of the better play of the two. Either way, I think they're going to be close, but I'll be interested to see one, how close Scotty gets to them, right? Mm. Is he within a quarter? Is he within 10 cents of them? Or is he a dollar cheaper than them? And two, who's after that? Like, I think it's going to be Justin Thomas, but there's a number of names that you see there. Um, Xander, Finau, Morikawa, that could all make a run at this. And, and that's what kind of remains to be seen over the next 25 minutes. Scotty's been a winner in four or five, six straight markets. Um, 71% ROI at Mayakoba, 142 at the Hero, 166 in Phoenix last week. Here's the guy that I think is maybe the most interesting for tonight, and it's Max Hoba. Uh, obviously, the great success around Riviera. He won here two years ago. He won Farmers two starts ago struggled a bit after getting off to a good start in Phoenix last week. What is your assessment of Max Homa? Cause it seems like he's going to be pretty popular tonight. Yeah, I'm bullish on Homa. Um, I think that he's very popular in one and done formats this week. I think that uh, we'll see kind of how the price is. Looks like he's already at, at $7 and six cents per share, which is above his fair value projection already. Look, I, one of the things I kind of look at this week always that I have in my notes from Riviera is comparing a baseline around the green, short game, scrambling, putting. Like combine that in a little mixing bowl, baseline, last 50, last 100 rounds, and then looking at what they do at Riviera because this place has a unique ability to where some players just kind of get it and figure it out and some players don't. Home is like the one guy that's awesome in both. Like he's top 10 baseline he's also like top five at Riviera he's had three straight top 10 finishes including the win we know about Homa in California struggled a little bit last week uncharacteristically I think got showed a little bit of frustration which was unusual uh, but I think he comes back here I think he plays well and, and continues to sort of assert himself amongst the top players in the world 706 asks him to finish about 22nd or better 22nd would be a $7 per share payout, so you'd lose a little bit there. 21st would be 
725. So he's obviously going to be more expensive than that, but just to kind of put a ballpark in where he's at right now. I flipped this Joe by pre-rank now because I want to get to kind of the second tier of golfer. This is, you know, Matt Fitzpatrick down to Alex Noren. There's some really interesting names in here that we haven't talked about, like Hideki or Tom Kim, even Jordan Spieth. Is there a golfer or two in this range that you'd like to keep an eye on? Love Spieth this week. Um, I've made it pretty well known on, on all the content that I've done that that I've seen the, really the two indicators that uh, have shown historically where uh, that precede his win, right? It's two things. It's does he have good course history at this place? And I think that he does. Even in some of the, the dark, bad days of Jordan Spieth, he would show up at Riviera and randomly put together a performance. Two usually but right before his win if you check his iron play you will see a significant spike um what we saw last week at the waste management open was the third best week with the irons of his career um right before he won at valero he had his best iron week in three years prior to that right before he won at heritage two starts before that at Valero was his best strokes gained approach week of the year. So it just seems to me, Rick, that a guy like Spieth who really excels when he's able to be confident and he's able to pull off shots and he's able to kind of utilize some of the creativity. A lot of that confidence hinges to me on his iron play. Uh, It's not so much the putter, which we think about, but when he's really got his irons and his wedges dialed in, it frees up other parts of his game and usually is a good indicator that a speed run or a win is incoming. I don't know if it's coming this week, but I feel confident that it's coming very soon for Spieth, and he's probably a pretty decent price tonight. Well, that's a pretty savvy bit of research there. I like that. Jordan Spieth, the 19th pre-ranked golfer, currently still a buck of share. That's obviously going to change. I just refreshed this. So he's got 23 minutes or so before he starts, uh, bef- oh, before this is over, but he'll start making a move well before that. 21 through 30, that's Cam Young down to Adam Scott. Justin Rose won just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Adam Hadwin, Sahith, Sam Burns have all been playing well. If I told you to pick one golfer out of this range, Joe, who do you think you'd grab? I think Sam Burns is back on a good run, man. Uh, Back-to-back T11 and T6, both over 60% ROI. Um, He's up and down. We know this. He's volatile, occasionally tough to predict. But I think when he's on one of these hot rounds where we know the putter's there, but you look at the ball striking numbers and the around the green numbers and back-to-back starts, he's gained in every category across the board. He's confident. I think that when he's on, he's better than these other guys around him. When Sam Burns is playing well, he should be in like the top 12 guys in this field. He's the one I've kind of got my eye on. Who do, who do you uh who do you like in this range? Yeah, Burns is a good one. Um Sahith I think is also pretty interesting. You mm-hmm. know, he again, the, okay, so the thing about TPC Scottsdale is that uh the more wayward you are, the significantly worse it is, right? Like now you're in the desert, you're in cactus, you're just opening up all this other stuff. Riviera will eventually punish you for being super wide, but not nearly in the way uh, that TPC Scottsdale will. There's a lot of room on a lot of these holes out here. And he is still, which is good because he sprays it all over the yard, but he is still getting more consistent remember he he used to be like literally the most volatile golfer on the pga yeah he is now like 
um, the tenth most volatile or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, what I mean, like it's get, like it's getting a little bit better. You can see he hasn't missed a cut since Jackson. He's got a handful of top ten finishes in his last eight starts. Like I, I think that we're getting a combo of decent setup for him and also like s- starting to trend into more consistency. I agree. What about? Let me ask you about Cameron Young. So I've gone back and forth on this one. Part of me thinks great buy low spot for Cameron Young, right? We look long term on the season. I think we're all very bullish that he's the best player that hasn't won, and it's coming soon. Um, when we did some of the the preseason stuff, he was very high on everyone's board. The the finish that he just had of second place a few weeks ago isn't going to show up here either. So we can't dismiss that totally at the Saudi. But the numbers haven't been good. And in the other side of it, I start to wonder, like, did we anoint this guy uh, before he really proved it to us? Like, are are we to expect essentially a top 12 finish week in and week out? Because he hasn't really shown that as much lately. And that's kind of where he's typically priced. I think I'm more bearish on him than most. Um, So this this just usually really worries me when you have a stat profile that is vastly different from when a guy was having a lot of success. And when he was having a lot of success, uh, he had two things that were very, very rare. He had the ability to bomb it off the tee, hit it very, very far, but still have the touch on and around the greens. Those two things do not usually go together. And now that touch on and around the greens is, is gone, right? I mean, he is just hemorrhaging strokes with the flat stick. He's giving it away around the greens. I completely understand that like, it is probably detrimental that his, you know, his two best finishes were not measured events, right? So we don't know. He could have he could have gained six strokes putting at the Saudi and eight at at the Hero World Challenge, and we would have no idea about it. But I'm just going with what I see here, and I think it's I think it's more worrisome than I would like. Yeah, and you know, Genesis has always been a spot. I believe 15 of the last 17 winners here um, have played at least four starts. He's kind of the anomaly, right? Came in here last year, finished second right off the bat, uh, gained the second most ball striking numbers that he did all season at this event. But I just worry about the two things that you mentioned. Has the driver cooled off a little bit? And clearly the around the green confidence has wavered. 31 to 40. Tiger's in this range. <laughs> Shane Lowry's in this range. Jason Day's been playing a lot better. Uh, one guy you like and one guy you don't like here. I like Adam Scott. I think he's going to be very popular. He's right there at 30. Um, I, I Just everything lines up. This is a great week to play Adam Scott. Will the price point dictate? Otherwise, it could potentially. But Jason Day, man, has just been awesome. Um, he's really in a great rhythm with his swing. I feel like the 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 comparison right now is Day and Ricky. I was kind of surprised this week that they're basically the same age. I had always sort of pinned Jason Day as a much older player. Um, I like Day. I feel that it's coming. Do I think that it's going to come in, in an elevated event? Probably not. But I, I feel like he's very close to figuring it all out and putting it all together and hopefully making a couple six-foot putts, which has kind of been his weakness the last couple of events. 
he missed the cut at the RSM Classic, uh, which is kind of a weird, wonky event. You, it's a course rotation, whatever. It was howling one. It was howling on Thursday. Fine, whatever. Outside of that, seven straight starts of T twenty one or better. Uh, very, very, very good stat profile here, right? Very if we good. erase the name, if we erase the uh, you know the finishing positions, you'd look at this stat profile and you'd be very excited about it. Is there a golfer? So I'll pull that range back up here. We were kind of down on Tiger. I'm I'm not really in on Shane Lowry at the moment. Kind of similar to Cam Young. Th this looks like a stat profile of a completely different golfer than when he was playing his best golf. And after the win at the BMW PGA Championship, it's been horrible. Uh, I generally like to see some sign, some sign of a rebound, not coming to Phoenix and losing across the board. Yeah, that's a fair take there. I think when you when you had the the sort of line graph at the top looks very different yeah. than Jason Day's where he's yeah. sort of heading in the opposite direction of what you want. I do think some of the recent numbers though, Rick, might be a like a tad misleading, right? So he won the BMW PGA. Abu Dhabi, I believe after three rounds, he was leading that tournament. He still gained 7.2 on approach and imploded yep. on Sunday. Last week at Phoenix, I followed him pretty closely. And after the restart, I think he had six holes to go. He played him six over. Yeah. So it was clear, I think, that he saw a miscut incoming <laughs> and played a bad first hole and just was like, fuck this, I'm getting out of here. Um, I think that his, his talent deserves a little bit more credit but the form has a hundred percent been questionable uh let's go deeper it's a very very deep field 40 to 50 joel damon still a dollar per share wyndham clark is the leader here everybody's kind of jumped on him early five dollars and 16 cents at the moment uh buying or selling anybody in this range I liked Wyndham. I think everyone likes yeah. him. Um, Hoagie's an interesting one. This is not a great course fit for him, but if you still look back, he's he's even if you go back to 50 rounds, 36, 24, whatever you want to do, um, he's still the sharpest iron player on approach there is on the PGA Tour right now. Now, he lost a little bit recently of that sort of momentum, but I feel like he can get it back. Maybe he can putt well this week, coming off a missed cut, a disappointing finish in Pebble, uh, maybe a nice spot where you get a little bit of price right, price break here at the 49th pre-rank, asking him basically probably around the $354 range. The thing that I find, it, so you got to remember, these guys do it very, very differently, and Hoagie is a like flip the switch kind of guy. Right. I mean, he goes, he goes, this is a stretch of golf that he had, uh, you know, T12, T4, T9, T13, miscut, miscut T3. Right. And I know there was a little bit of a layoff there between the RSM classic and the tournament of champions, but he is just kind of capable of doing that. There are some guys that kind of require a little bit of foreshadowing before they start playing well. Um, 50 to 60. We're getting much, much deeper now. Adrian Moronk will catch some steam. He's $3.23. He's been playing great on the world tour. Patrick Rogers, anytime we're on West Coast POA, uh, is going to get a bump, $4.56. Do you see a name in here that has your interest? Uh, I like Nick Hardy a little bit. Um, I listened to a podcast with Nick Hardy, and he mentioned how much he prefers difficult scoring conditions as compared to a typical Corn Ferry or PGA Tour swing season birdie fest. Um, that said, 
he's finishing, he's making cuts, right? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his last eight cuts were made. Uh, a couple of top 20s, a T5 at the Sanderson in there. Um, I think that if you get a nice price on him and he's still $1 per share at this point, unless I need an update here, if you can catch him in like the, the $3 range, I think that he possesses some upside to maybe top 30 this week. Uh, seemingly has the right tools in his bag that would uh, lead to success around Riviera, in my opinion. Uh, played both the U.S. Open as well, so maybe he does like yeah. a little bit of difficult conditions. Okay, we are playing uh, Jock Market. This is Stock Market DFS. It is 8.47 p.m. Eastern time. So we are about 13 minutes away from this IPO closing. Get your bids in. If you are one of the high bidders for shares, those shares are allocated to you, then you can trade them during the live session. You can also short golfers now. So if you're looking at this and saying, oh my God, uh, Justin Thomas, he's not back. This is an anomaly. I'm going to short. You can do that <laughs> right now. That is available to you. Uh, and if you want to get involved in not only this, but in the pick game as well, uh, use the code POWER, get your get your deposit bonus and rock and roll. Let's just go pre we'll just go for a couple more minutes here. Um let's go real deep, Joe. I mean, I know that this is what I what I love about this format is I think most people would have stopped their outright card a long yeah. time ago, right? They would they would have stopped at Adam Scott or they would have stopped at even Wyndham Clark or Keegan Bradley or something like that. This format you don't have to stop. You can continue. So I want to kind of lean into that. Um you know, here's here's the second page. So it's basically like 67 to 80. Um, Hayden Buckley and Cam Davis, who's been struggling a little bit. Gary Woodland. Is there is there a name on this screen that you think is worth uh, worth some shares in? I like Sam Ryder. Mm. Um, 325 is all the way down there at the 85th pre-rank. Um, if you can get him in and around that price. So like I, I looking back at the previous year's leaderboards, it's a lot of guys. If you just ride players who are playing pretty well in California, they tend to bring it here too. Um, it's a crazy theory, I know, but guys tend to carry form a little bit. I uh, had a twentieth at Waste Management. Obviously, the top five at the Farmers. He's playing good. He's in good form. I think you can say similar things about Kurt Kitayama right there above him, who should set up very well for this golf course. Hayden Buckley's been playing good golf. Cameron Davis is another interesting one to me who has not been playing good, but I think that his talent, like this is a spot where we've seen Aussies do well. This is a spot that should suit the best parts of his game. Uh, maybe you can buy low on, on Cameron Davis and you really don't have to shell out a whole lot of risk at $3 per share to do so. The, the Davis stuff is crazy because yeah. he was so good. He's now been a loser in seven of eight cash markets, but I'll tell you what, like, if you were losing along the way in those eight, you should be losing now. Like you got to give him one more chance at this place that set, generally sets up well for the Aussies. We haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. Maybe he's been able yeah. to figure it out. Um, Hayden Buckley has had like one bad round since I can remember. It was Friday at Torrey Pines. He shot an 80. Other than that, he's been pretty darn good for a long time. Um, let's go really down to the bottom of the barrel here. I'm not sure there's a guy I particularly like. Oh boy. In this I mean, Will Gordon's still a dollar. Yeah. Uh Callum Terran. Um, you know, he has some skills. Brandon Wu is another one that that I've played a little bit of. Um, yeah. was a bit up and down after a really good start at Phoenix, but obviously a second at Pebble. Like we can't ignore that. 
Uh, cannot ignore that. All right, I'm going to refresh this board. I'll get you back to the top of things. We'll see how this market is maturing. Let's see here. Okay, we've got one golfer already in the $10 range. It's, of course, John Rom. So that means at $10, uh, John Rom would have to finish 12th or better to turn you a profit. Uh, I don't know what his top 10 number is, Joe. Do you, do you have it off the top of your head? Do you know it? Do you have it handy? Uh, I don't. I can have it up in like one second. It. I can get it. I can get it. Uh, let's see here. John Rom's top 10. This is kind of a good way to look at this. Even John, odds. I see even odds. Okay. So if John Rahm is even uh, even at top 10, so basically his fair value in theory could be $11 a share. Yep. So there's a little bottom. bit of wiggle room still on John Rahm. Exactly. And I think, um, so a couple of things with that, right? At an even odds bet that I think are worth discussing. Um, that's a win or lose, right? That's either double. If you're putting $100 on that, you're either going to double your money into 200 or you're going to lose it all, right? John Rahm finishes first this week. You more than double your money. So the, the upside is greater here in the jock market than it is in betting him to finish top 10. Also, if he finishes 11th, you lose 50 cents a share. You don't lose all your money this week and you don't flush it all. Like what's a realistic floor for John Rom? Like 18th maybe is like the, the worst. I think well, I don't would. know because he hasn't finished there in like seven yeah. months. <laughs> I know. So he'd have to, he'd have to play horribly. And I think you mentioned it like when walking around with him, like oh. it felt like he had nothing working for him at Phoenix and like just coasted to third. He had nothing. He had nothing. And, and it was like, let me check the leaderboard. Still third, still third. Yeah. Like was in it until the 70th hole or whatever. Like yeah. it's, just, it's crazy how good he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory McIlroy next, 956. No surprise there. Rory's top 10. Yeah, right around that even money mark as well. So plenty of wiggle room. Scotty Scheffler's top 10 is plus 120. So we're kind of getting now outside of that. He's 925. So th- that's the big three. And then JT, Homa, Xander. We haven't mentioned Xander yet to this point. That's that's the next tier. Does that feel about right? Um, I feel like Xander should be above Max Homa. Um, but I think maybe Tony Finau as well. Uh I don't know. Maybe Victor feels a little bit inflated to me over Cantlay and Morikawa, but I think we're kind of grasping at straws. I think for the most part, we'll see it uh, continue to, you know, sort of work its way over the next six minutes or so. And it, it likely it turns out right. Here's let me throw two guys at you that we have not talked about. Uh, and you can only buy shares of one. Not not actually because you could buy shares of anybody, but Xander or Patrick Cantlay. You can only get one. Who is it? Xander. Why? Uh, the last couple starts for Cantley. I know he missed the cut on the number. I know this is one of his favorite places, but uh, I just feel safer with Xander. Although I will say it was extremely frustrating as a person who would bet Xander and had some shares last week uh, to to feel like he could just never get the engine going, right? He was sort of stuck in, in third gear all week. I worry a little bit about Cantlay not playing great at places he normally plays great at Century at American Express. Obviously missed the cut at Phoenix. I feel like he's he's playing better right now than Patrick. Okay, uh, it's time. Joe, go do your thing. So it Got is 8.54 p.m. Eastern time. Joe is going to uh, get 
his feet wet in the market. He's going to try to bid on some golfers and he is uh, going to rendezvous back with us here in just a couple of minutes and I'll take you the rest of the way. So here's where we're at. It is 8.54 p.m. Eastern time. This market will close in about six minutes. The bids are coming in very hot and heavy right now. I'm going to refresh the board and we'll give you a status update throughout the rest of this market. John Rahm, to literally no one's surprise, still the most expensive. He's $10.10. So he just added $0.10. Remember, the the quote-unquote fair value on John Rahm is probably $11. That's 10th or better. He's even money to finish top 10. That feels like the right number. Roy McIlroy, though, uh, about to be over $10 per share himself. Rory was a loser in Phoenix, but had three straight winning cash markets prior to that, and four of his last five prior to Phoenix were all wins. Scotty, obviously, a victor. Uh, we showed, I mean, this is pretty crazy to have six, uh, six consecutive winning markets when you're one of the highest priced golfers on the slate, and that's what Scotty Scheffler has been up to. Uh, the next tier, JT Homa Xander. The next tier after that, the sevens, Finau, Cantlay, Hovland, Sungjae, and Morikawa. Morikawa sport in the ninth pre-rank. Uh, very, very ugly Phoenix Open. He was never in it. He never got anything going. Absolutely no juice. Was a big-time winner before that. Uh, four consecutive wins. Two of them were triple-digit wins in the cash market in terms of ROI. So Colin either going to start a streak of losses or we're going to see a bounce-back opportunity from him this week at Riviera. The $6 range, still with some big names. Cam Young, 669. So a lot of people not necessarily caring about the fact that the advanced metrics don't look good, not really caring the fact that he has been a loser in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of his last nine markets. Obviously, not all of them are uh, the events that he's played globally. And no one really cares that he is the 21st pre-ranked golfer because he is more expensive than a lot of his um, lower pre-ranked peers. Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, Matt Fitzpatrick, Will Zalatoris round out the $6 range. Willie Z, this is kind of the big question mark to me, the biggest X factor, the guy that I, I genuinely do not know what to expect. If he won the golf tournament, I wouldn't be surprised. If he missed the cut, I wouldn't be surprised. So I think the range of outcomes for Zalatoris is quite massive. If that's what you're looking for, you wish you might be, he might be a good guy to go get. We talked about Jason Day a lot. He's 590. He starts off the $5 range. Terrell Hatton, 582. Uh, Terrell Hatton will also not get credit for enough of his good finishes in jock market because a lot of his good finishes have come globally. Still, despite that, T6 last week, 134% ROI in Phoenix, 38% ROI at the CJ Cup. So that's two straight wins in the jock market. I think Hideki is a pretty good value right now. 15th pre-ranked golfer sitting right at his fair value, $5.79 per share. You're only asking Hideki to fix one part of his game, and the one part of his game that you're asking him to finish is historically his best part, the approach play. 8.57 p.m. Eastern time by my clock, which means we've got about three minutes to go here. Uh, if you want to get involved, the code is POWER. Link in the description. Get rocking. Get rolling. John Rahm is rocking and rolling. $10.00. And 39 cents. We add 29 more cents since the last refresh. That's per share. He is getting closer to that $11 mark. If we can keep him under 11, I think you get a value. If not, you're kind of playing the odds. But as Joe mentioned, it's not a all-in or all-out game. 
Rory, 990. Scotty Shuffler, 976. A couple of names have added themselves to that second tier. Uh, JT, Finau, Homa, Xander. So Homa sneaks up into that $8 tier. And Patrick Cantlay is on the verge of it. Cantlay is sneaking up into that $8 section. Where do we see a big jump since last refresh? Tom Kim. Tom Kim, $5.99. So at 6 bucks per share, that asks Tom Kim to finish just 28th or better. Just 28th. Are we going to get Tom Kim inside the top 28? If you think the answer to that is yes, you should probably be buying shares at $5.99. A little bit further down the board, Taylor Montgomery uh, starting to slow down. Two losses in a row. Farmers, which probably wasn't a good spot for him. Phoenix, again, Probably not a good spot for him. This is a little bit better, relying on the on the short game. He's got good distance off the tee. He won't be as penalized for some, some of the media misses that uh, he would have been penalized at TPC Scottsdale for or at Torrey where he's just not good enough from tee to green. He's $5.18. A couple of other interesting names. Corey Connors. Uh, Corey Connors has been playing a lot better. Made the cut in Phoenix. T12 at the Sony Open. Has never had a lot of good success at Riviera. We'll see if he can break through and change that this time. What else do we have here? I'm going to try to steal one more refresh. It's 5.59 Pacific, 8.59 on the East Coast, which means we've got a minute or less. I'm going to try to get the most up-to-date numbers here and see where we're – oh, I think we just closed. Yes, we closed. Oh, man. Yeah, I was, I, I was, I'll be honest, Rick. I was going for Rory mm, late, hovering at ten bucks. I thought he was going to get to eleven, and uh, it missed it. Yeah, I just I went for the refresh, and it popped up and gave me like the we're done thing. Early so. close, early close tonight. So we have that uh, sixty second. Is it sixty seconds or ninety seconds? Mm, I don't know. I don't know, but there's a. Why did I think it was? Why did I think it was? Why did I think it was thirty seconds? Maybe it is sixty seconds. Maybe it's, it's not sixty seconds. Yeah, yeah. 60 I seconds. think it's a sixty second window where the where the markets can close, basically to avoid anyone uh, trying to time things out and creating bots and things like that to to right. plug in twenty five shares in the last two seconds. Correct for everybody's protection. It actually yep. is. It's brilliant. I, it would have taken me about fifty years to realize that that should happen, and they figured it out right out of the gate. Um, I've got the final pricing. Before we do that, why don't you give us the guys who ended up in your portfolio for tonight? You got it, my friend. So I started out. I got Scotty Scheffler shares um, at ten dollars and ten cents per share um, in the six dollar range. Actually, three players. So Sam Burns, six fifty. Jordan Spieth, 640. Hideki Matsuyama at 605. For instance, just to give you some perspective there, 605 is going to need to finish uh, 28th or better this week. Uh, the bottom four guys that I have Corey Connors, you almost brought some steam on him late <laughs> and took him out of my portfolio. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, 468. And then my two cheaper guys this week are Tom Hoagie, who I mentioned at 386. That'll probably be his cheapest IPO in a good while. And then Sam Ryder, 340. We'll see if he can keep a hot run and, and keep the form going. Those are my eight. There you go. A lot of guys you talked about. Burns, Scheffler, Spieth, Hideki, Connors, Fleetwood, Hoagie, and Ryder for Joe. And uh, TJ got Moronk, Taylor Moore, Lonto, and SH Kim. So he's playing that end of the market, which is great because that's available to you here. Um, let's look at... The final board here. Rom got to uh, right to eleven bucks. Of course he did. 
Yep. How, how efficient is this market? <laughs> right at 11 bucks. So uh, surprise though at two and three, right? A little bit. Yeah. Shuffler 1010, Rory 1006. So I think, I mean, tides are turning. Scotty's, you know, he's a nice guy, but people are like, yeah, he's maybe the second or third best golfer in the world. Or the yeah. Best, I, I, you know, I was wrong. I thought Rory was going to be right there with Rom up at 11 bucks, seeing him a full, a full dollar cheaper, which opens up another two finishing positions uh, makes a lot of sense. And I, and I was surprised because I had in that Scotty bid early uh, when I saw all of a sudden Rory was a bit cheaper. I wanted some shares of that as well, but wasn't quite able to get them in time. Pretty big gap to everybody else. No one in the $9 range. Xander, JT, Finau, Cantlay, Homa in the eights. Uh, small seven group, Victor, Sungjae, Morikawa. So not a lot of love. That feels pretty low for Colin after one, one, bad, one bad start. One bad start. Exactly right. And, and keep in mind that those six second and third place finishes ended up making you a ton of money in jock market versus a lot of other places. So he's been a profitable player. He's been on a profitable run. So one bad start. And yeah, that's the one I think to me that sticks out as, as being a little bit low here. Keegan Bradley, no respect did not even get to his fair value. Hmm. He had a pretty good pre-rank of 18th. He's been playing great golf, $5.48 a share. That feels a little light to me. Been playing really well, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, around there with Scott and Day and, and Hideki feels cheap, right? 605 down there, you know, right just barely above these guys felt pretty mm-hmm. like a nice price. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, where'd Tiger go? Wait, oh, what? yeah. Where'd Tiger, where'd Tiger go? go? I'm looking. Oh, I think he's on the second page. Oh boy. Tiger Wood. I got him. $3.10, which is asking him to finish 51st. So you need him to make the cut. Basically. A little bit better. Make the cut and do a little bit better. Yep. Interesting. I bet there were some people out there shorting old Tiger and his first start back. Uh, I'm not quite that brave, Rick, but good, good luck to anyone who was able to to get a couple shares of old Eldrick at 310. So if you short Tiger and he misses the cut, you'd make ten, uh, 210 per, per share. share. Yep, exactly. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, this is going to get off and kicking uh, tomorrow, but you can rock and roll right now you can uh go bid on more shares you can start selling you can start shorting you can do anything you want the market is is open and we'll see how it goes over the course of the week joe absolute pleasure uh next week's gonna feel a little bit weird because it's not an elevated event but it's your event but it's it's honda i'm <laughs> it's so my sure. event, man i got some hosting duties i got some people coming in town it's yeah. my favorite event of the year hopefully we'll we'll Gosh, I'm I'm worried at how disastrous the field is going to look, Rick. And it, it, there's no doubt that it's going to be a letdown, but uh, it's still fun. Like we love the Andrew Putnams and Sam Riders and Stephen Yeagers of the world. Thank let's, you. Yes, let's let's roll them out there. Those are our boys too. So we'll have fun. A pleasure as always to to be on the show with you. Enjoy Los Angeles and have Thank a great you. week uh, on the grounds this week. Enjoy. All right, follow uh, Joe on Twitter. It's at Tour Picks. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Genesis Invitational. Good luck.